Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. While we're standing, because it's appropriate for what I'm about to say, is uh, I don't know if you've noticed in the last uh, last week and this week that there is a, there's a, a shift that is happening in the spirit. That uh, the moment we begin to sing, there's a freedom that fills this place. There's a freedom that fills lives. To the very moment Aaron jumped up and strummed that guitar this morning, there was a freedom and I felt the Spirit of God just fill the place as we started to sing. And uh, this is what I felt. We've been talking about standing and believing. And I was thinking about the word standing uh, through the week. And in 1 Corinthians 16, 13, it says, Be on guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong, and do everything with love. And I, this is what I felt the Holy Spirit say. For the last couple of years, we've been sitting. We've been watching. We've been waiting. When is this going to be over? When is this going, when's thing going to go back to normal? Whatever. Things won't go back to they used to be. This is a brand new day. But we've been sitting and watching. And I believe that God is now saying it's time to stand. It's time to stand up. It's not just a physically stand, stand up in the Spirit. Because when you're standing, you're ready for action. When you're sitting, you're waiting. But when you stand, you're ready for action. You're ready to move and you're ready to do something. And I just believe God is saying it's time to stand and to start to move and to start to speak and to start to act on the things of God and speak the Word of God and the life of God and do everything with love. Be strong and be courageous. Be on your guard, but stand firm in the faith because I believe God is on the move and going to do mighty things and there's many many people, hundreds and thousands of people that are going to come into the kingdom and all we need to do is stand and be ready to act on the word of God and what he tells us to do and people will come streaming in because they're desperate for love, they're desperate for hope, they're desperate for miracles and breakthrough for something of truth and something that is real. So let's just give Jesus one more hand of praise this morning. Thank you Lord God that we are standing, Lord God, together, united we stand, Lord, in your name, Lord God, and expecting you to do mighty things in our city and in our lives, in Jesus' name, and speak to our hearts this morning and change our lives, in Jesus' name. Amen. You can take a seat. So our overall theme for this year is United We Stand. United We Stand. And we're talking about all different uh, themes around that. And uh, from now until Easter, we're going to be talking about standing and believing. Stand and believe. You know that uh, if you think about this, everybody believes in something. If If someone tells you I don't believe in anything, well, they're lying to you. They, everyone believes in something. Some people believe in themselves. I had a conversation with someone recently who, uh, who said, you know, oh, I don't believe in God. I don't believe in anything else. I just believe in myself. That's, they, I just believe in myself. It's, I just, that's, and he publicly had said it, all this kind of stuff. And, and I thought, well, that's great, but uh, we're really good at letting ourselves down. Where what happens when your world falls apart? Who, what, what is that going to do for you? I'm thinking, what if you believe in yourself and you fall apart? Then you've got no one else to help you. You've got no one else to lean on. And that was their thought. I just believe in myself, and that's it. Some people believe in the stars to guide them. 
They get their star signs every day or whatever it may be. I've met plenty of people like that. They believe they'll read the stars and they'll actually live their day out. Oh, my stars said this, so I've got to watch out for this. Or something bad's going to happen today or something good's going to So they believe in that. Some people believe they've heard, like in Mother Nature, they'll call it, or in nature. And have you ever thought about where the term Mother Nature comes from? Who knows where Mother Nature comes from? No one. So I looked it up because I didn't know either. And so... But it's pretty interesting. The term or the concept of Mother Nature has its roots in Greek mythology. The goddess Gaia essentially gives birth to nature, creating everything that exists with with it and giving birth to her own husband. That's pretty messed up, isn't it? So... um, but that's where the term Mother Nature comes from, which we hear, I've heard lots of times, these, oh, it's Mother Nature's done this and Mother Nature. It's Greek mythology. It's based on a goddess. And so people say things and believe things and they don't even understand often what they're believing. Some people believe in science. Nothing wrong with believing in science. Um, there's many Christian scientists and many sciences line up with the Word of God, but it's talking about someone that believes in science as overarching everything. I need the evidence for this. I need to see it. I need to do this. Otherwise, I don't believe it at all. And it's very intellectual belief. And so some people put all their eggs in one basket around science and and are always having to change things because it doesn't always work out the way they think. But they said, I just believe in science. Some people say they are atheists and they don't believe in God. But the truth is they're still believing there isn't a God. When they say they don't believe, they're still believing in something. They believe there isn't a God. So everybody still believes something. Then you go to the other extreme where some people believe there's many gods. Hindus worship 33 million gods. My question is, how do you keep up with that? 33, I've been to India and seen all those gods up on the side of the roads and there's all different ones and, they've, and every house, they're poor, they can be so poor but all their food will first go to the gods sitting on the table or the line, or not just one but a whole lot of them and, and, and so they believe in 33 million gods and they've got names for every one of them and so some people believe all these things and sadly some people believe that they aren't good enough for anybody or anything. And their lives are full of brokenness. The question is, though, with all of that, and there's many others you could add to the list. The question is, whatever a person believes, where did that person's belief come from? How did they get to that point in their life? People often believe certain things or certain way because of a situation that has happened to them that may have been good or may have been bad. They've had something happen to them that has affected what they believe. They maybe believe one way, but they've changed it because they've been hurt or and something's happened in their life and they've gone, well, I don't believe that anymore and I'm going to go this way now. And so that could be good or bad. Or it's because, and I've met a few people like this, that all because of, of unfulfilled or unrealistic expectations in people or in God. I've heard people say, well, God... God should have done this. God, I believe God should have done that. Or this person should have done that and they didn't do it. It was unrealistic expectation in their mind. It was, it was, like, it was like out there and it was like, well, that's just, that's just too far. That doesn't fit the situation. But they, in their mind, it was unrealistic expectations. And because 
he didn't do this, that person did this, but because God didn't do that, I'm not going to believe in him, or I'm not going to trust that person anymore, and I'm not going to have anything to do with that, or I'm just not going to talk to people anymore, and it's just going to be all about me. And so that kind of thing can shape someone's belief. Sometimes people believe a certain way because of fear. There's plenty of that going around. Brokenness. Sickness, sickness, an uh, uh, ongoing disease or sickness can affect people and, and run them down. Uh, guilt, shame, addiction, and even demonic torment. All these things, and there can be many more, can influence how someone believes or how they live their life, what, what their foundation is. And so today, as we're talking about standing and believing, I just don't want to talk about believing, but I want to talk about Every belief has to be based on some kind of foundation. And I want to talk about the foundation today and about what that looks like in our world and in our lives about what we believe. So every belief is built on some kind of foundation. And if the foundation is strong, healthy and true, the belief will produce good fruit in someone's life. So if you've got a good foundation built on the right things, built on truth, built on trust, built on, 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 on good morals or whatever it may, good standard, whatever it may be, then the fruit of that belief that is built on that foundation will bring, will bring good fruit. It'll, be, it'll be produce goodness in someone's life. But if the foundation is weak, built on lies or deception, then the belief will produce bad fruit in someone's life that what comes out of their life because of the foundation is shaky it either won't last long or what comes out of someone because of the foundation is based on it will come out like oh that doesn't look good it'll come out attacking it'll come out evil it will come out in many different ways Jesus said it this way he said in Matthew 7 17 onwards he said a good tree produces good fruit and a bad tree produces bad fruit a good tree can't produce bad fruit, and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. So he made it very clear. He talked about a tree. You can talk about foundations, and we're going to talk about some of that in a moment. So in other words, the, our foundation, what we base our life on, is very important. Okay? What's your, what's your, your foundation could have come from what you, how you were brought up. It could come from, um, from a biblical foundation. It could come from uh, situations, circumstances where people have formed a foundation. So our foundation is important. And I want to talk to you a bit about God's foundation and simply calling it God's moral foundation. What is God's moral foundation? So God's moral foundation is standing and believing and it means to stand on a solid foundation while believing the truths of that foundation. So when we're standing and believing, we're putting ourselves on a foundation that is solid foundation and we're believing the truths of that foundation. Being a believer, being a follower of Jesus, means to place yourself, your mind, your heart, and your soul, that's what you are made, and your spirit, that makes up you, on God's moral foundation. So being a believer and a follower of Jesus means to place yourself, your mind, your heart, your soul, your spirit, on God's moral 
foundation. So what is God's moral foundation? We could come up with a whole range of answers here mainly, but I just want to break it down real simply at the moment. The first thing you look at is it's the Ten Commandments. Is what the commandments God gave to Israel, Israel um, in the Old Testament. And uh, we won't talk about every one of them, but I'll quickly read you the short list, the, uh, the, uh, the shortened sentence version for time of the Ten Commandments. Because we, we might remember some of them, but you won't remember all of them. And here we go. The Ten Commandments as you shall not have no other gods before me. In other words, there's only me you worship. You shall not make idols. You shall not take the the name of the Lord your God in vain. In other words, you won't curse God type of thing. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. That's a day of rest. He said, basically goes on and says, work for six days, take one day of rest and make it holy to me. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. And you shall not covet. Covet means that you see something that someone's got and you want it. And you kind of get to the point where you're going, I'm going to do something where I can get that. Or I'm going to get jealous over that person because they have something that you want. Maybe it's a new car. Maybe it's a new house. Maybe it's something they're wearing. And you're going, I haven't got that. I should have that, and then you get jealous over that. So he's talking about that. So that's one part of God's moral foundation, okay? And so that is really the that's the main uh, area that God gave to Israel. And then there's other laws got added to that daily living laws and things like that that added to it. And by the time that Jesus arrived on the earth, there were 600 laws that the Jewish rabbis taught and enforced. Some were these out of the Ten Commandments. Some were for a time back in the Old Testament or just for a time and they didn't apply to even when Jesus was there. Some were about daily living and a whole lot of things. A whole bunch of them were ones that were man-made, that they had added on. And it basically was kind of controlling the people. And you've got to do this, you've got to do that and all that. And so there was over 600 of them. And the rabbis were taught them and enforced them and said, this is the way you've got to live. You've got to keep up with these 600 laws, okay? And so it was impossible to keep all these laws. It was impossible to keep up with all that. And many were only meant for a certain time period. So as a result, you can imagine if that was you, as a result, people felt what? Condemned, guilty. And far from God. Because every time a rabbi would get up or a Pharisee or a teacher, they'd say, these are the laws and they teach them. And they teach it like going, and they teach it the perspective saying, well, we're keeping them all. So you should be as well. But the truth was what Jesus exposed, that they weren't keeping them all, that they were saying one thing and doing another. And so, but they were saying, and it was like the people felt condemned. They felt like, they felt like there's a weight of heaviness upon them. And so they felt far from God. They believed that God was unhappy with them and would punish them. That's in their mind going, I, I can't meet up, I can't do this, it's too hard, God's not going to like me because I'm not, I'm not he's not going to be happy with me because I'm not keeping up with all these laws. And they just felt condemned, they felt heavy with guilt and shame. And so, Jesus arrives and in John 3, 
It's worth reading John 3. Maybe you've read it regularly, maybe not. You've read probably a few scriptures out of there occasionally. But John 3 is, this, is the conversation that Jesus has with Nicodemus. And Nicodemus is a Pharisee who was a teacher of the law. Okay, And he would get up and he would teach and all this kind of stuff and look at all these laws and, and knew them. And Jesus, he says, I want to meet you, Jesus. And they secretly meet. And if you watch the Chosen series, you can see where they do that scene. And they secretly meet and he has a conversation. So when Jesus meets with Nicodemus, who taught the law, and he hears these words that Jesus speaks, that Nicodemus is blown away. Nicodemus is amazed when he hears Jesus say, in the context of everything I've just said, in the context of the law and everything, how they were living, Jesus says this in John 3, 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Then he goes on to say, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, which is exactly how everyone felt, but to save the world through him. And Nicodemus was taken aback. He thought Jesus had arrived to take over the Roman government, to take power and control, and he realized that Jesus came to save people from their sin. Chapter 3. And, thank you, Mark's onto it. Read chapter 3, John chapter 3. And so that was amazing. And so then, but then, so he had this conversation with Nicodemus, okay, with all this with all the law and what the, this is talking about a moral foundation. Okay? They're saying this is how you have to live. You have to keep all these 600 rules. And then Jesus is talking and having conversations with people. Okay, So this is important. I want to set a foundation. Then I want to talk about our world today. Then Jesus sets, um, makes it even simpler when he's having conversation with some other religious leaders and all these people are listening. And he says this in Matthew seven twelve: Do to others whatever you would ha- like them to do to you. This is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets. This is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets. We know that is the golden rule. You might have heard that. That is that scripture. Then he goes a bit further and says this. He has a conversation one day with a group of Pharisees and some Sadducees had come. And there were all these different groups of people. And they were trying to trick Jesus and try and make him make a mistake and all this kind of stuff. And in Matthew 22, a bit further, 34 to 40, it says, But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees with his reply, they met together to question him again. One of them, an expert in religious law, tried to trap him with this question. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? So he, so he has all those laws and he says, what's the most important one in the law of Moses? And Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. Then he says these amazing words. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. And when all the people heard that, they all went, I can probably do that. That doesn't seem as hard as 600 others. And Jesus brought it all down. He said, I haven't come 
I've come to fulfill the law, not to remove it, but to fulfill the law. And so he simplified it and said, this is what all that means. And, and there was other things he challenged and said, look, these laws you're trying to keep, they don't even, they're not even for today. Why are you trying to make the people do this? And he challenged them, but he never challenged the Ten Commandments, never removed any of that stuff, but he summarized it all in that. And he said, these are the two most important things. Love people as you love yourself. Love your neighbor as you love yourself and put God first in everything in your life. And if you will do that, everything else will flow out of that and you'll be able to live like you should live. That's a moral foundation. Now, that is the same today. That's the foundation when we follow Jesus. That's the same thing he's asking us to do today. That's the foundation on which we live. It's simply, we love, our, love the Lord with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you can do those things and live that out every day, then everything else out of that will flow. And God will love you. He'll be with you. He'll help you. He'll strengthen you. Everything else will flow in life when you put him first and others first. Then, in verse 46, a couple of verses down, he, Jesus then asked them a question. And I haven't got time, I won't read it, but he asked them a question. And it says in verse 46, no one could answer him. They didn't have an answer for what he asked them. And, he, and it says, and after that, no one dared ask him any more questions. They thought, we're not going to go down this road again. There's nothing we can say or do that was going to trick him or... He has an answer for everything, and they didn't ask him a single question. From then on, they just thought, how can we kill him? That's, that's the way they went. They said, we need to get rid of him. He's too much of a threat. People love him. He's, he's, we, can't, we can't be in control anymore. So we'll kill him. So what does a moral foundation or standard do? This is what it's meant to do, and this is why this is, can trip people up even today. It reveals our faults, mistakes, and our sin. So when you bring your life up against God's moral foundation, it reveals, hey, I haven't got everything right. It reveals your faults. That, that's, and, that's, and that's not meant to be a condemning thing. God doesn't set up that way. But it reveals to us our sin so that we realize that, hey, I'm in need. I've got sin and I can't fix this myself. And I'm someone who is in need of a savior. I'm in someone who's in need of someone to help me. And then Jesus comes and said, I've, if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you of all your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And Jesus, you know, and Jesus said, For God so loved the world, he gave his only son. Whoever believes in me will not perish, but will have eternal life. And so this, the moral law is meant to reveal to you yourself, your faults, the areas of my life that I just can't get right, that aren't right. But that's not the end. That doesn't condemn you. That doesn't separate you. It separates you from God initially. But then you could got turned to God because Jesus has made a way and paid the price that you could not pay so that you could come to God and have a relationship with Him. And it makes everything make sense. The gospel makes sense because the law and the foundation that has been set up by God reveals to us we are in need of a Savior and He is willing to save us and restore us, and forgive us, and to come in, in, into internal life. And so, I said all this to get to this point. What's happening in our world today? It's been happening probably for a long time, but we see very evident in our world today, um, especially with social media and, all, and the, the communication that's possible, and instant news, and all that kind of stuff. 
So when people today are confronted with this moral standard. Now, can I just add that if you do some research, that do you know that the laws of our nation, the laws of America, the laws of many other countries are based out of God's moral standard? They were written out of that. And I haven't got time to talk about that, but you can look that up. There's a whole way that, and they, that's what it comes out of. Well, Laws, our constitution that govern our nation come out of that. So when some people today are confronted with this moral standard and realize it will expose their faults, they don't want to change or deal with those faults because they have to deal with the underlying cause of the faults, which means dealing with pain. So people... They're going, oh yeah, I'd love, to, I'd love all the benefits of being a Christian. I'd love all the blessings and all that. But first you have to su- surrender your life. First you have to give your life. First you say you have to confess that I've made some mistakes. And you have to deal with the sin. He'll forgive you, but you've got to come face to face with it. And so people, and some people do. There's people every week coming out to church. They come and they go, yes, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to do it in that place. There's many other people that are like going, no. Nah, I don't want to deal with that. And so what do they do? So we have individuals and we've got groups of people creating their own standard or their own foundation to avoid dealing with that foundation to the point that what is good is now said to be evil and what is evil is now said to be good. And what is truth is now said to be a lie And a lie is now said to be truth. Notice I said what they said to be. Because the truth is just because someone says it, just because the media says it, it doesn't mean it's true. And but, so to avoid dealing with their faults, their sin we would call it, to avoid dealing with the real underlying things that are controlling their life, that are the brokenness, the pain in their life. They said, I don't want to go God's way because that means I have to expose that part of my life. I, I'm just going to create my own standard here. And so we've got groups of people creating their own standard, creating this is how I'm going to live. But then someone else says, oh, no, I'm going to, my standard's over here. This is how I'm going to live. And someone else says, oh, no, I've got my standard. I'm going to, and I'm right. No, you're not right. No, I'm right. I'm right. No, you're no, I'm right. No, I'm right. And so then I'm watching people come up with their own ways of living and they're all fighting with each other. It's on Facebook all the time. Is this true? Now they can do all that stuff, but everything they're setting up is being built on a shaky foundation. And you know what happens? It doesn't last. They come and go. It can be a single person has a great idea and all these people go, oh, that's a great, let's follow him. And then a couple of years later, it's just you never hear him of him again because it's just fallen apart. It's imploded from the inside out. Can I share one example? Get a little bit controversial. One example is the area of gender. Oh, I know. It's Okay. There's a group of people that believe gender is fluid, meaning it can change even daily. Okay, this is common. It's, we're hearing it in the news. It's been happening for a while now. There's not just male and female, they say. There's, in fact, up to about 50 or more genders. Okay? If you haven't heard this, this is easy to find. If you want to go look it up, 
They're teaching it in schools in our nation. Um, why would someone believe this? Now, when I'm thinking about that, why would someone believe there's fit, they're not just male, female, but 50 genders? And can I just also point out that doesn't even line up scientifically. If you talk to someone, you know, in, in some biology, they'd say, well, it's actually just male and female. But, but that's just what they're believing. Now, why would they believe that? Simply because they don't know who they are. What's their underlying issue they're trying to deal with? It's their identity. Because they don't know who they are. So they think, I don't know who I am, so I'm just going to make up a whole lot of things I can be. And so, which is sad, and I'm not trying to condemn these people. This is a very real for some people. And so, so people, it's like I've been told, oh, well, you can, if you need it, you can be this one day, and I'm not going to go through the whole 50, I can't remember of them. I don't even know how they made them up or how they got to so many different ones but you can change daily and if you feel like this one day do this and it's basically based on how you feel and then recently another group this is in Australia another group and they have a they had a convention or something last year another group said no there's not 50 there's about 25 it was 25 or 27 they said you're wrong you're, there's 50, there's not that many, there's only like 27. And so this, these two groups, and this is on media, I saw it on an article on National Headline for one day, and these two groups disagreed with each other and started arguing and condemning each other because they were disagreeing on how many genders there actually were. And so I share that point to make to to reveal and to show that this is the world we're living in, that they're making their own standard of foundation their own standard of living and i believe this and even within all that same subject they still can't disagree and they're fighting and all that stuff because their foundations are built on something that's very shaky and so we're living in a world it's like imagine it's like you've got tar it's like their that foundation is like a target and it's like god says that we that it's that we need to live and aim to hit the target, hit the middle of that his moral foundation, live on that standard. It's like, but then someone else has got their foundation, another target, and that, and they're trying to they're trying to move their targets around. And there's all these different targets, and people saying, which which way is it? What's truth? What's that? And no wonder people are so confused about what is truth and what isn't truth, and what you know, what do I believe or what don't I believe? People are crying out for truth today because people are making up so many things, saying this is truth, that's truth, that's truth and the truth is none of it's true it's all based on their own underlying stuff that they aren't willing to really deal with there's an underlying issue that they're going I don't want to deal with that so I'm just going to make it so it fits how I feel fits how life is what's how it's affected me and so it fits what my life and and you know what I've gone through and whatever it may be and so they're trying to live that way and if it doesn't work I'll just change to another one then I'll change to something else and I'll change to this and I'll change to that and then in the end they go I don't know what to believe anymore because I'm totally confused with all this stuff I'm trying to do and so meanwhile God He's over here on the side, watching. And he says, I have a moral foundation. It's unchanged. It's unmoved. It's unshaken. Hasn't changed for thousands of years. Doesn't need to change to fit everybody. It's, it's tr- 
built on truth. It's built on love. It's built on care for people. It's steadfast, it's true. And he said, if you will humble yourself and you will give up all that stuff you're trying to do and come and stand on my foundation and come and meet my son Jesus, then I will set you free from all that stuff, from all that bondage, from all those ideas, all those beliefs that aren't working for you and come and believe in the one and true God. Come and believe in Jesus Christ and be set free. And so Isaiah, a couple of scriptures to wrap this up. Musos, you can come on up. Or Ishi can come up on keys. <clears throat> Isaiah 26, 16 says, Therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, he's talking about the future. This, I am placing a foundation stone in Jerusalem. Another version says Zion, that meaning a picture of the church. A firm and tested stone. A firm and tested stone. It is a precious cornerstone that is safe to build on. Whoever believes need never be shaken. It's talking about Jesus. It's talking about Jesus as a cornerstone, as the foundation stone of our church, of our, of our a church is a group of people that follow Jesus, the foundation of our lives. And I love the language. It's a tested stone. He's been tested and tested and tested, and it's immovable. It's unshakable. You can't get rid of it. It's not going to change. It's a cornerstone. It's safe to build on. What do we build on? Our belief, our life is built on this foundation. And it's safe to build on. It's safe to build your life on Jesus. And whoever believes need never be shaken. 1 Corinthians 3.11 says, For no one can lay any foundation other than the one we already have, Jesus Christ. No one can lay any foundation other than the one we already have. In other words, you can try and start your own moral and your standard foundation, but the Bible's clear to saying it's not going it, to, if it butts up against Jesus, it's going to break and fall apart. All the religious leaders tried to pull him down trick him, say things, do all this kind of stuff, and they just bumped up against Jesus and fell apart. Because he is truth. You can, you can say something that is true as a lie. You can say whatever people want to say and now the world we're living in. But in the end, it all gets exposed. In the end, it all just goes away. In the end, they can't keep lying upon lie upon lie upon lie. Eventually, they, get, they put themselves in a hole and reveal it themselves. One last scripture. In Matthew 7, 24, it says, Anyone who listens to my teaching, this is Jesus speaking, and follows it is wise. Like a person who builds a house on a solid rock. Though the rain comes in, comes in torrents, and the floodwaters rise, and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. Have you ever, have you, do you know what? I was watching a show recently and you know if they're digging for stuff, they're digging for gold or precious metals or things like that. Once they hit bedrock, digging stops because it's so hard it destroys their equipment. 
you need like specialized equipment. You got to bash through it all day long because it's rock bedrock is so hard, and it's and it's it. It's the it's the floor rock, and there's going to be no gold. There's going to be nothing underneath that. It's all that's it. It's like the capstone. It's the foundation stone. So once you hit bedrock, it's so hard, so so strong. If they're building a large um, skyscraper, they'll dig holes in the ground you see how far they go down they dig down to they hit bedrock and they put the poles and the cement and everything in the bedrock because it's solid and they won't put in anything else until they hit the bedrock and fasten it to the bedrock it says it won't collapse because it's built on bedrock so jesus is bedrock but anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish like a person who builds a house on sand when the rains and floods come and the wind beats against that house it will collapse with a mighty crash there's going to be a lot of foundations that are that people are building around their own circumstances and lives that suddenly are just going to crash things are going to be exposed people are going to be hurt and broken i thought i thought i was following what was right or truth or whatever it is and they're going to be going what is truth what where are we and there's people in that space right now in our city probably in your street Maybe in this place today. And so this is what I want to ask you today. What's your foundation like? We're about to finish this service. What's your foundation like? What's your foundation built on? Maybe you've gone through some stuff and you've come up with your own ideas or beliefs and things and saying, well, I'm just believing in this because it's, you know, of all these things that people let me down or maybe there's been broken trust or whatever there is. Can I just say when you come to Jesus, he's not the one that will let you down. He's not the one that will, will just turn his back on you. In fact, he's the one who pursues you with loving arms, with his arms out wide saying, come to me. All you are weary, broken hearted, come to me and I'll give you living water. I'll give you living water. I'll refresh you. I'll, I'll help you. I will strengthen you and I will forgive you when you come to me. And maybe you're here today and so my foundation's been shaky. Well, can I encourage you that today you need to come to Him, come to Jesus. Maybe you tried to build your life on a different foundation. Maybe it's been your business. Maybe it's been your work. Maybe it's been focused around some other things in your life, but it's been a shaky foundation. Maybe it's been yourself. Why not come to Jesus today? Why not come to Jesus today? and make Him your foundation. Thank you for joining us. The Bayside Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.baysidechristianchurch.com.au or follow us on our social media sites at Bayside Christian Church.